0: Welcome to The Bridge. Fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Welcome to The Bridge. We are a show that connects East and West. My name is Jason. I'm originally from California, but today we are in beautiful Wuhan, China. Today with me is Alex.
1: Hello, everybody. This is Alex Shu. I am from the beautiful Northeast part of China, and I am speaking to you today in Beijing, China.
0: Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars, suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share. Email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. (laughs) I'm so happy to be back. We haven't recorded in a little tiny space. So this is going to be a lot of fun right now in the United States. I think one of the big there's so many things going on one of the i know but one of the big <laughs> things is gas prices and people are losing their minds over gas prices yes. I, I, I saw really something really funny recently there's 711 sells gas in the united states and recently the prices were 711 and i thought oh that's oh
1: my god you know i mean
0: that's bad for people who need to buy gas but it's also cute and it's, someone wrote in a in a in a post on twitter the prophecy has been fulfilled. <laughs>
1: I'm glad they're called 7 Eleven, not seven. Like, what's the other yeah, one? 724, like 24
0: 7. 24 7. Yeah, right. I, I guess it comes from a time when they were open from seven to 11. I don't know. Anyways, so I wanted to talk a little bit about EVs. Actually, electronic vehicles. Yes, yes. <laughs> So these are increasingly popular around the world. And right now, these kinds of uh, vehicles, smaller vehicles or hybrid vehicles and EVs, you would imagine, they're actually selling a lot better than usual. And the big gas guzzlers that people formerly were like, well, I don't care. I need myself my my big truck. They are not selling <laughs> as well. There's an uh, article that I found on Market Watch. It's called with sky high gas prices. Dealers suddenly have more of these types of vehicles to sell. So big SUVs and luxury vehicles, they can't they can't sell them. And they're just sticking around the lots.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, do you have a car in China? Unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, I don't. <laughs> um, I I don't. I'm I'm yet to get my driver's license, Ooh. and yeah, according to according to my friends. Based on how they how well they know me, um, they said, I'm sure they said that with all the kindness in the world, um, they said maybe it's a good thing that you're not driving on the
0: road. Why um, is this? I like t- could you elaborate, please?
1: <laughs> I am very look, I am someone who walk into things When there's, you know, when there's no one else in my way, like I have apologized to millions of uh, trash cans that I walked into (laughs) and lampposts. Um, And of course uh, you know, other pedestrians and oh, wow i have yeah i have tripped over absolutely nothing um you know <laughs> just based on how i walk people around me are saying that maybe it's good that you don't drive but i think it's you know it might be different for me maybe i'm not very good at navigating myself but if you put me in front of a, a steering wheel maybe steering wheel maybe i am better it's a different um, game
0: i'm not sure actually i kind of <laughs> feel like your friends on this Wait, so let's walk back i you know i wanted to move forward but this is just too interesting. Yes. So when you're walking forward, you like see interesting things and then just like look at them and keep walking. So you're like, oh, wow, a butterfly, but you just keep walking. <laughs> Not even. I feel like
1: if I'm just distracted, my friends wouldn't say that, but it's just, it just happens. I would be walking and talking like everybody else around me. And then all of a sudden I go, ah. And I trip. And
0: <laughs> so you're looking where you're going. I, and I absolutely
1: just... am looking where I'm going. And that <laughs> just leaves my friends in absolute wondering of what's going on how, in my where, world.
0: How do you hit a lamppost if you see it coming?
1: Um. You know, like I'm looking at where I'm going and I I didn't see things in my peripheral. And for some for some reason, I think I I'm following some kind of gravity or whatever power there is. (laughs) I'm looking straight, but I'm not walking straight. But yeah, that's 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 probably the reasons why I I don't have I don't have the confidence to get a driver's license yet.
0: Wow. You used to live in the States. Did you have a, a driver's license there?
1: No, um that's another sad story but that has nothing to do with me. I was in Charlotte, North Carolina for a year where I actually did a couple of driving lessons. Um, I paid a four hundred dollars for it, but I got my learner's permits, mm-hmm. which did make me feel very proud of myself. Mm-hmm. myself, and I felt like I could just just flash that in front of my friends' faces. But in Charlotte, North Carolina, at least back in two thousand and fourteen, you're required to have a car insurance, mm-hmm. which goes to I think two hundred or three hundred dollars or something. The price is a little a little bit steep for me back then. You have to have that to get uh, a driver's license. For mm-hmm. you have to provide a proof of car insurance. To take the driving test. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, that's at least that's what I, you know, what my driving coach told me. And that was maybe she was just working for a car insurance company as well. But when she told me that, I was like, I'm not going to be able to afford a car here in Charlotte and pay car insurance just so that. So, all reasons taken into account that didn't go through with my driving lessons.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: From north to south, east to west. People in China are chasing their dreams and leaving their mark. Want to know how they beat the odds and made a difference? Footprints brings you the true life stories of their journeys. You're listening to The Bridge.
0: You know, I know we're a little bit off topic here, but I think a lot of our American listeners are gonna be interested. What is the process like of getting a driver's license in China?
1: I, I know this is um um not a stereotype, but a lot of friends come here, especially friends that from that are from, you know, Los Angeles or Texas where people just have to drive as a everywhere
0: as american is your birthright you have to go get a driver's license right it's like
1: survival and a lot of people come here they're like oh you don't have driver's license like people in there some people in their 20s still don't have driver's license like me and my friend uh emma and sabrina hello both of you and uh, Kyle and I'm not gonna name more names, but a lot of my <laughs> friends don't drive. Um, but actually, the I will say that people who do get the driver's license here, and I know a lot of people are gonna beg to defer, but the process of getting a driver's license mm. is a more is a lot more time consuming. You mm. actually have to get a lot more tests than mm. you needed to. Um, in the United States that's why a lot of Chinese students when they go abroad they get their driver's license there because mm. in the United States different state has different states have different rules of course but a lot of us only need to pass the the written test which is like I think 26 questions it's 30 questions. Mm-hmm. And you you only need to get like 23, 24 rights Mm -hmm. to get the learner's permit. Once you get the permit, you start driving, you start taking driving lessons. And of course you can take that with um, driving school coaches, but you could also just drive with a friend of yours who has had a driver's license for over, I think a year. Mm -hmm. If that Mm -hmm. person is sitting on the passenger seat, you are free to go on the road and and Mm -hmm. learn how Mm -hmm. to drive. Mm -hmm. Once you finish your hours or once you feel, I think, as long as you feel comfortable enough, you could take the road test. Mm -hmm. And the road tests, I think it's just about not slowing down when you come to the crossroads. Uh, Know to look back when you're trying to merge. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. they don't even, I don't remember if they even test you for parking. And that's, it's super simple. But when you come back to China, if you want to get a driver's license, you have to answer first off a hundred questions. You have to get wow. at least ninety-seven of them right. Or wow. 90, sorry, ninety-three of the hundred questions okay. right.
0: It's still pretty high. Yeah. Yeah. So you That's have like to above be. an A minus. It's an A up area.
1: Exactly. It's a legit exam that you have <laughs> to take, and then there's. There's road tests, uh, there's test subject one, two, three, um, <laughs> and, and I don't even know exactly what they are. One, I think is just a simple driving test within the driving school. Two, I think a lot of people are really scared of is they ha- they test you for parallel parking, which I know mm, for a mm, fact mm. that a lot of people don't know how to do very well. Oh, um, yeah, I've it. seen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not just right? here, everywhere. Everywhere. It's everywhere, so hard. Yeah.
1: But here, at least you have to pass that as a, as a test. A tes- test subject in the process of getting your driver's lessons. Mm-hmm. And uh, third one is the road test where you have to go, I think the city Go on city road And some sort of highway mm. um, And they kind of test you In a lot of different fronts When you're doing A test subject one, two, three A lot of my friends Take two, three months Or some even longer Because they have to retake Test subject number two Over mm. <laughs> and over again um, So I just feel like Maybe that's why I feel like there's so much You have to do To just get a license Yeah Um, In China And and I live in Beijing It's, it's a city where We talked about this In our previous yeah. episode episodes before, public transportation is so accessible, is so convenient.
0: I think that's one of the problems that's hurting Americans right now is that there's not very good public transportation. Like maybe if you live in a city like San Francisco and you live and you don't live outside, you're not, you don't have to commute into the city. If you actually live inside the city, which is, you know, not that many people, it's only Mm -hmm. 700,000 people or something, but you know, millions of people work there in some way or or not. So like if you live inside New York City or if you live inside Philadelphia, you're like probably okay, you know, but everyone else, you know need a car so there's no real easy way to commute so like if you work in like or you live in some places like there are ways to commute by train or by bus but everyone pretty much takes a car so like right now with gas prices what they are it's understandable that electronic vehicles are like a necessary part of the solution to life in the united states a lot of other places in europe and, and here in china public transportation is like you know it's second nature for the public to demand and have have good public infrastructure so that you know i hated having a car when i was 16 my mom was like go get your license and i was like no (laughs) they eventually i they forced me at like 18 they were like you have to you're you know you can't survive without this and they made me get a driver's license they bought me a car and they were like this will get him <laughs> and, like, and i was like uh i don't know i was like no and months went by where the car just sat in the driveway collecting dust yeah you know, i was just like i don't want to drive and then eventually they made me get my driver's license and i drove for years but you know, when i came to china i was like well maybe i can go back to that teenage version of myself and i just like i've been able to be just fine oh yeah
1: Experience the musical classics of the East.
0: Mingle with the masters of Chinese music. Music talks.
1: Witness the sound of antiquity and modernity.
0: You're listening to The Bridge. You know like obviously electronic vehicles are super popular not just in the states but in china and i was getting very, ready very yeah, so. yeah it's crazy i was actually really surprised i uh this is from a website called statista this is 2022 China has three times, roughly, maybe three and a half times the estimated passenger car production. So mm-hmm. I don't think they all—they're all consumed here. Like probably a lot of that's for export to certain places and stuff. But certainly, China is making a ton of electronic vehicles. So this yes. seems to be like a huge global trend that people are like, "Oh, my, why pay you know five, ten dollars?" Ten, I can't even imagine. Ten dollars for a gallon <laughs> of gas when I could just charge. I have a I have a foreign friend here. I'm not going to mention his name, but he uh, was, he bought an electronic vehicle. He says uh-huh. he charges it like twice a month. You know he uses WeChat. So for people in the states who don't know what WeChat's the <laughs> app in China that does everything. You probably heard of it. And so he just pulls into a charging station and plugs in. And I don't know how long it takes. I'm not sure. He mm-hmm. didn't he didn't tell me. But he uses WeChat to pay. So it just goes straight from his bank account. And there's an instantaneous transaction. <laughs> <laughs> and he charges like twice a month, as long as he's just driving around in the city, his electronic vehicle. He has a big family too, he has a wife and uh, three kids. Yeah, they use this vehicle to get around everywhere and it works just wonderfully. I'm not sure the brand, he didn't mention it, but you know, there's a Tesla factory in Shanghai. So Tesla is a big part of the pie out here too.
1: Yeah, you see, I mean, I haven't been in the States since Tesla become a, you know, one of the biggest EV leaders in the world. Uh, I didn't, I didn't see how many cars, Mm -hmm. how many Teslas Mm -hmm. you could see, you know, in an hour on the street in New York. But in Beijing, at least every time I go out, I see Two or three Teslas. My friend, uh, the lady that runs our our dance school, she just bought a a Tesla last year, and it looks amazing. And we, yeah, they look pretty, (laughs) right? And and you go in there. There's a giant screen, and um, you know, I like the kind of the chic outline of Mm. the car. And she got the white one, so it looks like just pristine all the time. Mm.
0: I actually like the flat black. I told someone that recently, and she was like into cars, and she was like, "Oh no, you're one of those people."
1: Uh, wait, what does, that, what does that even mean?
0: So it's like a, it's a black color, but it's flat. So there's no glossiness. It looks like, ah, it's, okay, you know, it looks like, I don't know, pants or something. It looks like a fabric-y kind of <laughs> like a... Um, Non, totally non shiny kind of black. I I don't have a car, nor do I want a car. But when I see those, I'm like, oh, that's the car I like.
1: I do the same. But what did what what did your friend mean by you're
0: one of those people? Actually, Who are those I, people? I I think she's just like you know, uh, when you you know when you have banter with a coworker or a friend and like they're just teasing you. I think uh, she I she doesn't like that look. So for her, in whatever like context she has in her head, she's like, oh, Matt, you know, flat black people, you know. <laughs> I was curious, again, in researching for this uh, discussion about like uh, the global market, how integrated and complex it is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like you can't obviously you want to build an EV in China or in Japan or the United States or Germany or wherever. Right. Like you're not just getting things sourced from your own country that, you know, there's a lot of complex parts and stuff that go into yeah. Vehicles, especially an electronic vehicle, like more computer chips than I imagine a regular vehicle has. So it looks like uh, you know, according to UN Comtrade Database, mm-hmm. the United States gets eleven point seven billion dollars of parts from China for its cars each year. So even when cars are produced elsewhere, they're oftentimes mm-hmm. reliant on a lot of the high tech stuff that's made here in China. But uh yeah. Yeah. So I was actually also curious, you know, I I, I don't think people back home in the States are going to know a lot of these names. Who are the big players in China? Mm. So I, I'm just going to list the first couple of them here. There is a, a group called Hongguan Mini. Have you heard of this? Hong I Guan? think
1: so. Yes.
0: And there's Qin. And then after that, it looks like Tesla, like the next two models that are super popular to buy here in China are Model Y and Model 3. So Tesla is a huge part of the market for yeah. buying. So, you know, China is also buying American vehicles this is trade this is like you know china buys american vehicles american
1: buys chinese vehicles yeah
0: they buy chinese vehicles or at least parts for the vehicles (laughs) that they buy so like you know the whole world is completely integrated on this and evs are the future i saw some statistics recently that i that didn't put in our dossier and uh they show like the amount of evs Ten years from now, will be like quadruple the amount that they're selling now. So, like for those of you who are interested in being part of like the next Apple or whatever phrase you want to use for that, because it looks like everyone's going to have an electronic vehicle in the future.
1: I mean, those things sound so quiet. It just it, just, it, it has that almost kind of sexy automobile attraction, you know. When I because I go I go on the street and I I see a car coming, and for the thirty three years that I've been living, you you kind of have something built into your 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 mechanism. You see mm. a car and you think, I'm going to hear the engine. <laughs> these cars just come. And
0: they're gone. I'm like, no whoa. Room.
1: whoa. Whoa. <laughs> really, They, they, they take
0: off like crazy. Like an electronic vehicle, uh, they just go boom, like really fast to like high speed without the womb sound, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so more like... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it goes real fast all of a sudden.
1: <laughs> that is a very good, uh very good imitation of the sound. <laughs> it, just, it sounds, it sounds super quiet and it has that, you know, not everybody wants to drive uh, a Ferrari. Well, you're not supposed to do clutch like that when you're driving a Ferrari anyways, you know, <laughs> when people think of like super luxury gas, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. traditional kind of uh, automobiles, they think about the really loud engine. They think about those cars being like mm-hmm. super hardcore. Not everybody wants that, you know, I, just, I want a, I want a quiet car that looks pretty and, you know, I don't have to drive into the gas station every time, worrying about playing with my phone, setting off the whole place on fire. Wow. So, okay, this got crazy. Sorry. <laughs> it went story. dark. It went dark really quick. <laughs> my mom traumatizes me with this. Every time I go to the gas station, even if I just look, I, I if I just so much as look at my phone, my mom's like, are you insane? You're I'm gonna like, bl- you're going to blow up. Yes. She's like, you're going to blow up the whole station. I'm like. Oh my God! Okay, fine. <laughs> I just I don't bother arguing. That's that's why my
0: mind went to that dark place. I read something recently. I think it was on the Beijing, or or I'm not actually sure where, but it was about Beijing. And I'm in Wuhan, so I, I can't verify this for myself. Is there an option to call a driverless car now?
1: I don't think it's a, a, a like a publicly available service yet. Uh-uh. But uh, I
0: read something about that and I was like, really, I can order a car with no driver. I, I w- think
1: I heard rumors about it like people. It was to talk. But this probably was a couple couple months ago. Um, it doesn't seem very fresh in my memory. But know, well, it's not
0: now. It's yeah. a few years away, and I, that is something I don't own a car, but I do call cars like DD's Dee and stuff. Uber's yeah, or, you and know. there will be no driver in the in that the- will. That's so cool. Exc- that sounds cool to me because you know I I like the reason. One of the reasons I don't actually like getting my own car, and I'm sorry, all my American friends are like cringing right now, is because <laughs> I think it's like irresponsible because of all of the the materials that go into it for each ev- and every single person on the planet to have their own car. I think it sounds like kind of wasteful to me. Mm. I know a lot of people don't jive with that because when I told people before, they just look at me like with like cold eyes, like, what are you talking about, Jason? We should all have cars. (laughs) But like, I don't mind like society sharing cars because like if I use a car and then, you know, 10 minutes later, someone else uses a car, maybe 100 people get to use that car that day. That seems like an equitable distribution of resources that doesn't like destroy the planet to me. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm kind of looking forward to the future where there are driverless cars and we're all living in. What's that movie with Will Smith? I can't remember it anymore driverless
1: cars will smith driverless mm. cars
0: will smith it is an like ai or it's, in, it's it's about robots iRobot. robot and i robot there's like you don't need to actually drive you just sit down in the car and the car just brings you where you want to go i'm sure there's other movies that have the same idea
1: um if you i don't know if you watched uh silicon valley
0: mm, no not it's,
1: really it's actually kind of not against but it's just exemplifying uh, one of the scenarios that could happen to driverless cars The guy. Um, got into a driverless car and it's all audio commanding, like mm. it's all you know, like how we talk to Siri, and that's how you talk to the quote-unquote driver, uh, which is the computer of the car. And he couldn't get out of it. Something happened, and he ended up waking up in a giant oil drill in the middle of the ocean. And the car is in the cargo. <laughs> it's it's hilarious. That episode was hilarious.
0: That sounds like something that you know in the future. Obviously, okay, there was that that crazy movie Passengers about like the guy who wakes. Up oh, on yeah, the spaceship yeah. on the way. And it's like Chris Pratt to- and Jennifer Lawrence. Right? Wow, well done. Yeah, Apparently, this is like the future. And this never happens. And he's like a statistical anomaly. But like what you're describing with electronic vehicles, it's going to be fun to see all the weird potential stuff that happens. There was recently a cop trying to pull over a car in the United States. This was like two, three months ago. It it was a driverless car. There was no one in it. Mm -hmm. And so the cop is trying to pull over the car. And of course, the car (laughs) doesn't understand, like, I'm supposed to pull over. So the cop is like chasing this car. It stops for a moment. So the the cop jumps out and looks in and there's no one in there and then the car takes off again and goes, oh into my the, God. <laughs> goes into the block and pulls over and apparently the car was programmed to do that because it's a it, it, drive away from police no no <laughs> that's what the police officer obviously thought like what is going on that's but hilarious. like uh the car was like i'm not in a safe space i need to go somewhere safer so it went another block and wow, pulled over to a, a car safe place.
1: decided it wasn't safe wow that's a uh, that's next level
0: so instead of listening to the cop it made its own decision that this is not an appropriate place to be pulled over. The police
1: officer is like, please put your hands on the steering wheel.
0: (laughs) I am the steering wheel. (laughs) Cargo. So I'm sure that all kinds of fun, exciting stuff is going to happen. Hopefully not anything tragic. You know, recently in the United Mm -hmm. States, one of the big problems over the last uh, six months or a year because of like supply side problems, I guess, is that there's been a huge shortage of vehicles with people paying like for used vehicles as though they were brand new, brand new prices for used vehicles. So people going out and like answering ads and like competitors out hitting each other for their old used cars in the United States. And obviously, this is now kind of flipped on its head a little bit because the cost of fuel is out of control. And so now people are trying to buy cars used and new, but they don't want big cars. So all these people who have these big cars, they can't sell them in, in today's market in the United States. It's not possible. And I'm wondering yeah. here in China, and maybe, you know, you don't have a driver's license. So maybe you don't know what the cost <laughs> of gas yet. is. Is like uh, inflation affecting the cost of gas in, the, in in China? Do you know?
1: Maybe I'm a little oblivious to the subtle <laughs> changes because I know it's a different story when you have to drive, let's say, like 40 miles to commute to work every day and you have to pay you know, uh, gas every couple of days, pay for gas every couple of days, you'll probably have a better idea about the changes for me, at least for, you know, I know I said a lot of my friends don't drive, but more of my friends actually do. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm not hearing a major complaint about gas prices. Mm -hmm. Of course, I don't go look at gas prices myself because I don't drive. Um, but also like not, not even just trying to say this for, the story, a lot of my friends are driving um, EVs.
0: Mm-hmm. And oh, so- yeah, yeah, yeah. Every Chinese person that I know, actually, and my foreign friends here who live here in China, they all have electronic vehicles. So this is not a question that's easily answerable for me. I could look at the gas station and, like, look at the price, but I don't know what that's relative to six months ago. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not actually sure if it's really going up or not just by, like, you know, hanging out and not having a car <laughs> and all my friends driving electronic vehicles. I actually recently lost a bunch of weight and uh, a lot I lost like a a staggering amount. (laughs) As I'm getting a slightly more svelte, I've been actually thinking about getting a license, but not a car license. I'm thinking about getting a motorcycle. Motorcycle. Oh, I want to get an electronic motorcycle. I had a friend uh, in Beijing, and he had an electronic motorcycle. And I was like, this is for me. <laughs> this is the next step. If I can get myself a little more schwelt, just like five or ten more kilos, I totally want to get a license and get an electronic motorcycle.
1: Yeah, please let's talk about your diet after a show. I'd <laughs> like to know.
0: You know that thing where people eat? I stopped doing that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> wow, Jason.
1: Brilliant. Yes. Brilliant idea.
0: I figured this is the problem. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I, we're not doing an episode about losing weight, so I'm not going to go into it. But I I wanted to talk about inflation, now I don't want to brag because I, I don't want to hurt our American friends' feelings. But should be noted that inflation, while it's 8.6 percent in the United States, so say the experts. A lot of, of course, a lot of people think it's actually much higher because mm-hmm. individual products have increased dramatically more than that in housing and gas and all this stuff but inflation in china according to the same experts is only 1.6 percent now i can't attest for gas specifically but like i do know that the goods that i buy have not changed changed a uh, cost so i think this problem of gas seems to be uniquely focused on a lot of western nations countries
1: that are largely reliant on personal vehicles
0: mm-hmm. yeah exactly exactly people like canada where you have to drive a big dis- distance at <laughs> Australia. United States where there's a lot of people driving. It's been, a, you know, United States has made good moves towards moving into electronic vehicles Mm. vis-a-vis other nations of its size and development. The thing about China, like all the other things that I can think of, is China all came into the game late and so it has the advantage of like seeing what everyone else has done and doing things differently.
1: That's exactly why I think the government is putting so much effort in helping the industry, helping EV manufacturers with subsidies Mm um i I read on the news that you know there has been this great subsidy that's given to all ev manufacturers Mm -hmm. and traditional automobile manufacturers to produce ev cars Mm -hmm. Um, and it was supposed to it was supposed to end in um this year actually and they're extending it to next year and i know that china has been um importing a lot of foreign talents as well people Mm -hmm. that are Mm -hmm. Um, working in traditional car design and stuff. And I think this is one of the reasons why EV got so much more popular. I remember when it first came out when I was in high school, the idea first um, got around and there was a like more conceptual thing. Like you don't need gas to drive your car anymore. But, you know, the mm-hmm. first couple of, uh, models that, that were put on the market, they, they're yes, we know they're clean and and you know they're good for the environment. it's good for a conscience as well, mm-hmm. but um, they could I think back then they could only uh each charge could only last about three hundred kilometers, which is not very you know if you mm-hmm. think about I'm mm-hmm. um, commuting from for Beijing from like Tongzhou district to, to yeah, Haidian yeah. where you work, then that's like okay, less than a week or something, um plus you know uh traffic traffic jam and the time that you have to just drive around um, and it doesn't go very fast. You know, that boom thing we were talking mm-hmm. about earlier, it <laughs> didn't, they didn't have it back then. So people were like, well, yes, you know, we know it's a better choice. For a lot of reasons But we still need our cars To get us from point A to point B mm. A lot faster mm-hmm. But in recent years You started seeing Like I said I see cars coming by super fast And I don't hear that noise mm-hmm. And I've been Every time I've been in a DD I've been picked up by these You know how DD has different services They have mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. the express ones And the premium choice ones Where mm-hmm. you were mm-hmm. guaranteed A very nice car And, bottled and right, <laughs> for a bottle water Two free bottles I think in the last two years at least i've been getting because sometimes i get on dd and i see oh it's not it's not like a a nice uh, toyota or nice honda or nice audi whatever Mm -hmm. but it's like this chinese car brand i'm like i don't know wrong way why is it in a premium car service and when the car comes i was like oh this is what we're getting into yeah let's go so (laughs) the design has got so much better and the function of it is again i don't drive i'm not like talking about this from a car expert perspective Mm -hmm. but for me Mm -hmm. if i'm just a regular user who need a car as a you know as my commuting method then i don't know if which one is simpler or, or cheaper or nicer then i'll probably pick if the price doesn't vary that much then i'll probably pick um the ev and a lot of times the evs are
0: cheaper as well mm-hmm. in terms of actually having one i was talking to my friend who is an owner he was saying he actually wants to upgrade to a service when mm-hmm. you, you go into the charging station you don't actually charge you mm-hmm. you drive your car very carefully where it laser guides your car over a uh, hole in the ground and a machine comes up and pulls your batteries out and puts a new battery in. So the whole change takes like a minute. And there are several advantages to this. Number one, you don't have to wait. Number two, you don't actually have to be responsible for your batteries. (laughs) So like a lot, one of the big problems people are worried about is like, oh, what am I going to do when my batteries need to be replaced? That's going to cost me money and all this stuff. But if you pay for this service with certain vehicles in China I don't know maybe this exists in other countries too then but this does exist in China now and nope. then you don't actually you're never responsible for an old battery because your battery is always being upgraded and updated by the company itself so like mm. that is no longer a problem for you you're constantly just every few days or weeks or whatever just changing out batteries that are the responsibility of the service provider that you are paying and then you just drive around basically and just pay the cost of the electricity and the service.
1: That's almost like in those uh, sci-fi movies where they're like, "Oh, now we have a, a machine serving human beings. You don't have <laughs> to, you don't have to do anything. You just sit in it, and I'll take you from you know wherever you want to go."
0: <laughs> mm. There's another one that I saw was really cool, and I think this probably is uh, ubiquitous around the world now. Is mm. you know how you can put your phone on a place and it just charges automatically? Yes, a lot of cars charging. Yeah, exactly. Cars can drive over. Some brands of cars can now drive drive over a place and not plug anything in. So you can be in your car, pull up and park over the the wireless charger and pay on your WeChat and then just drive away later. You don't actually have to get out and plug something in or whatever. It just automatically does that.
1: That's just, oh my God. That's you just, just
0: sit there on your Twitter and hang out for like, however long and then just take off when you're finished.
1: Oh my God. That's um. I want to be one of the, if that service becomes like oh, widely we, accessible, I would love to be the first ones to test it.
0: I know it exists. Oh yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying like this is like something that's coming. This is this exists now. So like, wow,
1: where can I, where can I go and do that? Like someone
0: wants a car now. <laughs> <laughs> I want an
1: EV. <laughs> oh my God.
0: Question. Why yes. are EVs very popular in China? Like you mentioned already like, uh, and we mentioned the logistics for like developing things came late. And so that's mm-hmm. one reason. But are there other reasons why Chinese folks like EVs?
1: I, I honestly think when it comes to car models, um, I am going to be very bold to to, to say this because hmm. I mean a lot of EVs are made by Chinese people. Like there's so many Chinese, <laughs> there's so many Chinese companies. Um we can, I mean, we named a few, but there is Neo, there is Li there is Wei Lai, there is all of these. Chinese car brands that are making, they're new. I mm-hmm. mean, mm-hmm. they're, they're not car brands that we know traditionally. They haven't been making traditional energy field cars and they just kind of jumped on this competition and they made these really nice looking, really fancy looking, uh, uh, EVs and they started to tap into the, the lane of luxury EV cars. I don't know if you've seen those mm-hmm. cars on display in the most popular areas. Oh, yeah. In
0: in, I see them in malls in Wuhan. Yeah.
1: They do a lot of that. And I I just have to applaud the marketing strategy. Mm-hmm. It really made people feel like this is something that is so close to us. It's not just an idea. It's not just something that makes you feel good to do. These cars are in front of you. You can go see it. You can go test it. and They, once people do, I feel like I just... It suits people's needs it, it mm-hmm. fulfills whatever they need a car to do and it's cheaper i looked at i looked at some of the ev prices um and one of the cars that uh this chinese car uh manufacturer called Geely, which is very big mm-hmm. um one of their models goes from sixty thousand quite and up wow for an actual electronic vehicle i think if you need to buy a nice motorcycle the gas field motorcycle that's how much it's going to cost you if not more and this is an actual vehicle and the Of course, the car person is going to tell you everything about how, you know, how how good it is or how environmentally friendly it is. And just taking everything considered and people are probably going to pick that. And the complaints that people had when EV first became something in the public's idea, Mm. those problems are all solved Mm. further ahead. And I think that's the reason why people are going for EVs and to support, you know, the country's uh, manufacturing industry Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm, also mm -hmm, supporting mm -hmm. the environment. And that At happens the in the point. United
0: States, absolutely, right? too. Yeah, people are like, buy American, and they buy Fords and Chevys and, you know, all that. It's very much the same thing. I'm sure that in Germany, they drive a disproportionately large amount of German, German car. cars. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Ever wondered what's actually going on in Africa through the perspective of an African? How are things really going between China and Africa? What's the narrative of this relationship? Well, get a perspective with China Africa Talk. Hear from African diplomats, entrepreneurs, academics, Chinese natives, and more. Get an hour wavelength every week to find out what's real with China Africa Talk. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcast, and more. We'll see you there.
0: You're listening to The Bridge. keep talking about how Chinese public infrastructure is wonderful. But, you know, obviously that's not true everywhere. You know, like I'm in Wuhan and we're Mm -hmm. in a province called Hubei. But, you know, if I live in the sticks of Hubei, I definitely need a car, you know, if I want to get around. So, like, obviously there is a huge market in China for buying electronic vehicles. Like if I live in Wuhan, it's an option to have a car. But if I don't live in Wuhan and I live in Hubei, it's not necessarily an option. Like having a car is an idyllic way to get around. And so it's necessary and people need these kind of things. And increasingly, if you're buying domestic and there's so much competition for EVs, you know, like things are affordable. You mentioned 60,000 and up, but there are brands that are not posh that you can get yeah. them for cheaper than that, for sure. And you know what? A lot of people drive scooters, electronic scooters. So, like inside of Wuhan too, there's tons of scooters everywhere, oh, I've and seen in the Beijing. Scooter
1: scene in the south—it's a different world.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I, I also saw that in you know everywhere in Southeast Asia and like this whole area. Like, uh, there's just electronic scooters. I see whole families in other countries. Like, you know, you're in Thailand, and there's like three people on the same scooter. <laughs> Yes, I I wouldn't personally do that doesn't feel safe. But, you know, if that's your means of getting around, that's your means of getting around.
1: Yeah. Like I said, I I, I can't I got I get intimidated when I go to southern cities in China. (laughs) I see a sea of scooters. But I don't know if you've seen those videos. Those are bird's eye view videos of of, of a crossroads in uh, of an intersection in southern China. Some city I forgot. And you just see an ocean of scooters just going from all four directions all at once when the lights turn green. Mm. They don't they don't get in, in each other's way at all. Like they somehow magically in that speed they're going at, they're able to avoid each other per and it's like it's because Alex isn't there <laughs> <laughs> oh wow Jason now you just sound like my friend sorry, I guess that, sorry, sorry. that makes but it's true I would I would be the one that's kind of like st-
0: not necessarily yeah, no, no, you seem to think you're going to have a magical transition to not bumping into stuff when you get on wheels so maybe you should try you know scaling up start with skates <laughs> I actually oh my
1: god why did you say that I actually did <laughs> oh, did you <laughs> my friend my friend got a skateboard it's a, a it's a long board and she started skating um this during during may and i was super i was super scared about it and i couldn't even just try to stand on it and then um i finally knew how to stand on uh the skate um uh, stand on the board and our other friends came out the other day my our friend danny and christine and christine was able to just get on it instantly and i was like oh my god this is so much peer pressure if i don't <laughs> if i don't get on the skate sp- skateboard and start skating now if i don't take that step i'm going to be the person that's the worst at skateboarding in my friends group so this is in push- high school <laughs> we're always in high school jason because <laughs> my friends all turn to me and they're like now the pressure's yours. I'm like, "Do you?" <laughs> so, I got I I I kind of took that step that I was scared to take and um I actually tried to pair up with um uh, our friend Kyle who's also not so good sco- not so good at skating and he said, "It's okay, you just do what I do. You know, we don't have to be the best. We can just try to get the board moving." And mm. we did. And from there every day Uh, My friend Emma would be like, hey, you know, try standing on one leg so you can push the board. And now I can travel like 200 meters
0: on a board. Wow. 200 meters. (laughs) You know, I think this is something that's picking up in Beijing. Actually, out in the West, they have the new skate park. And like it just seems like skateboarding in Beijing is becoming its own subculture now.
1: Uh, You see so many people with boards like we would walk along the river um, when when it wasn't so hot. Beijing is very, very hot right now when it wasn't so hot we see like all kinds of boards you know the what do you call that the ground surfboard uh the, the long board, the actual skateboard you see a lot of people young and old doing it
0: i don't actually know what a ground surfboard is i'm i'm guess i haven't been a part of this culture since i was 10 years old so it's oh, when i see <laughs> you we'll,
1: we'll, we'll test it out Jason. oh i don't
0: know about that I'm, I'm i think this is a bad idea i enjoy <laughs> having all of my bones contiguous <laughs> <laughs> and i think this is known globally i maybe i'm just just being biased as an american but like america obviously has a a huge bias it's like a car ownership is a is integral Mm. to like what being America is like in the 1950s and 60s and 70s. If we did like research, we'd probably find out that at least like 20 or 25% of all music are about cars. Like I drove my Chevy to the levee. Like all these cars are uh, these, these songs are about having a car or driving somewhere or being in a pickup or something. So my question is, you know, is that Something that's true of China to some degree? Like how do Chinese people generally kind of like view car ownership? Is it just something that inadvertent that you need because it's necessary? Or do people like, I need a car because it's a cultural symbol? How do people look at their relationship with car ownership?
1: I think in recent years it has become more popular. Like people want to have a car because, for example, like I said, my parents live in Tongo district. They would love to have a car so that they can just go anywhere super, you Mm -hmm. know, super easy i don't think there is a labeling effect of having owning a car Mm -hmm. here like if you own a car you're something and if you don't Mm -hmm. you're not unless Mm -hmm. i'm being just lied to by all of my friends because i don't own a car china was never a country that was you know we're not an automobile country Mm -hmm. we haven't been an automobile country for a very long time i mean we had our first car uh first car hongxi which is produced in my hometown just a couple of decades ago um Back then, you know, Ford has already been putting money into making uh, race cars and Mm -hmm, winning, mm -hmm. you know, all of these races. So we started much later in the traditional automobile manufacturing contest compared to the rest of the world. So people don't feel like that wasn't something that's kind of imprinted in our genes and mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. people don't think that but we actually carry a lot from our parents generation and our grandparents mm-hmm. generation when it comes to you know mentality towards certain things and i feel like american a lot of american uh, people feel like we need to have a car to have that ownership mm-hmm. to feel a certain way that comes from the pride of their grandparents generation of mm-hmm. making the car industry being part of the car industry making it so big and being proud of having something that's american america owned american made um and they wanted a, a chip of that to mm-hmm. mark their identity um i we we're not we, we don't do that yeah maybe we'll be that with like evs
0: i was actually just thinking we did an episode a long, a long while ago about Becoming an adult. And I actually think about it now in retrospect with this episode. I think getting a car at 16 is one of those. I'm an adult situations for Americans.
1: Yeah. The people, parents gave you uh <laughs> that's funny. Parents gave you a car. To say, sweet 16, now you're an adult. Funny thing is, for a lot of Chinese kids, it's like, finish your gaokao and uh, go to the driving school and get your driver's license.
0: (laughs) We're not going to give you a car, but you need a license. So so gaokao is like becoming, (laughs) you've passed through the gaokao marker, you're finally an adult.
1: Yeah, that's more like the car ownership equivalent to Chinese
0: people. I think most people (laughs) know what we're talking about. Just really quickly, uh, gaokao is the big SAT version, uh, like Chinese version of SAT. It's much bigger than SAT. Yeah. I want to talk about bicycles really quickly. I Hmm. used to love bicycles until I hurt my back. So I had to get rid of my bicycle still feeling sad about that. But like oh. I, I read a lot on social media, IG, Twitter, everywhere. People are like, OK, in America right now, bicycles seem to be the solution to like gas prices for a lot of people, for millions of people. The only way to get around is to take a bus, walk or take bicycles now because people simply cannot afford to buy gas at these prices. You know, yeah. so China has a special relationship with bicycles, in my opinion. You know, yes. I see bicycles, especially in Beijing, more than Wuhan, I think. Uh, they're just everywhere. When I say everywhere, that's interesting because in the 80s, There they were journalists in China saying there are bicycles everywhere. Yeah. And so it used to be like, I don't know, millions of bicycles on the streets all at the same time. Now it's hundreds of thousands. But still, bicycles are a huge deal here. Now that car ownership is accessible and, you know, incomes are up in China, are people bicycling just for fun? Or is it like a a means to get around (laughs) in China like it is becoming in the United States again?
1: I don't know if you heard that song and the song I forgot the exact title, but the first line goes: They are there are six million bicycles in Beijing. Something like that. No, I haven't that.
0: heard that. That's interesting. Oh,
1: it's a very interesting song, and I don't know why it talks about bicycles in Beijing. But it <laughs> starts with that. It, it says there are six million bicycles in Beijing. That's a fact. <laughs> <But> <laughs> we are, like I said, that's part of the reason why we don't feel like we need to use Chinese people don't have that kind of idea of you know a car ownership marking their identity. Is because we used to be the country of bicycles mm-hmm. your, your friend your the journalist was kind of right back in um, 80s and 90s especially in the 80s everybody was on a bicycle my parents have two uh, bikes uh everybody else in the living in the same compound they were they were biking um and the kids were biking for fun and people remember these bicycles that are kind of marked by the size of the wheels mm. uh, we call it our 24 26 28 20. Mm. Mm. Uh, 28 is probably the biggest it doesn't go bigger than that um, I saw I saw a lady, an, an elderly lady the other day riding one of those. Those mm. bicycles have disappeared a long time ago. They're probably being stored somewhere as a collection item in yeah, either sure. gallery or, or. Yeah. And she was riding one of those. And she had um a, 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 a small bouquet of flowers she just bought from probably mm. somewhere in the basket in front of it. And I was like, oh, my God, this is like she looks she looks like she just walked out of a, a, a movie mm. or something from the 1980s. All she is needs so- to,
0: like a traditional dress.
1: I know she kind of was wearing a dress mm. that's, you know, little tassel prints and stuff. It's very, I mean, a lot of my childhood uh, memory was on my dad's bicycles or me trying to ride a bas- bicycle, but it's too tall for me to get on. And it kind of went back a little bit when everybody started buying cars and, and of course, public transportation with everything advancing bicycles was not a primary option for commuting. And then just all of a sudden, ah, four, five, six, seven years ago, the share bike became something that is so big. Like people are super into just biking to places. And it's, of course, again, there's again, environmental reasons for you to do that and stuff. But on a summer day like this, if you ask me if I want to walk 15 minutes or just bike for Six, I would bike. And if that just costs like one quad to bike for, you know, three kilometers, five kilometers, I would go do it. And it's so easy. I think we mentioned this before in previous uh, mm. episodes. The city bike I've seen, at least in New York, they have, because they have to be charged. So they're mm, in, they mm. have stands you have to get them from and return them to. Mm. Whereas the shire, the shared bikes in Beijing, it's just drop of, them off wherever. Yeah, there are zones, there are electronic zones that they ask you to put it back, but it, they're it's, so. So it encompasses estos.
0: most the whole city,
1: basically. It really does, and I was <clears throat> again <clears throat> because I was not. I was no, I never rode bicycles on the street to commute, so I am scared still to ride a bicycle. In, <laughs> you know, in street in the streets of Beijing. So yeah, I was being, you should be. I was being mocked by my friends <laughs> again because me and my friend Emma and Kyle, the three of us, were always hanging out. And when they were just saying, "Look how useless our group is. None none of us have a, a driver's license, and two of us can't even ride bicycles." <laughs>
0: Right, so actually, I wanted to bring up something else. I had there's so many things I wanted to cover. You know, obviously, gas prices ebb and flow. So maybe cheap gas is going to come back around in, in, in the United States and elsewhere, depending on like how it's produced. And I how, hope it's I,
1: people's livelihood.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think EVs are a part of that solution because if more people are buying EVs over the next five years or so, you know, uh, gas prices should go down because there'll be less demand. demand. I, I, I'm not an economist, but that makes sense in my non-economics. Autonomous head but I wanted to talk really quickly about the cost of diesel because you mm. know obviously diesel is one of the products that comes out of crude and so like it's also really really expensive and truckers and we talked about this in previous episodes are already scraping by in terms of like logistics things moving around and stuff mm. they were already not making an enormous amount of money and a lot of truckers were retiring after two or three years because the industry is a lot harder than people understand but now oh, that yeah. diesels going up a lot of truckers are like i can't make money and so what we have are shelves already as are an issue empty shelves in the united states and elsewhere not mm. like it's not like you know uh, it was maybe a couple of years ago but it, you know some products are not able to be moved in and the logistics are, are failing people on on some things if the price of diesel stays this high do mm. you do we think you know it's going to be worse for people in terms of just buying regular stuff. And is this an issue in China? Obviously, no, because you, you, you and I live here in China. This is <laughs> I was not about to say I just want to, you know, a lot, we, we have the advantage of being here. No, everything's fully stocked up here. But I, I'm worried about like my mom and stuff in California. Like, is she going to be able to get everything like that she needs?
1: I I, I don't know. I feel like I know so many. Um, one of my drivers when I was living in Charlotte, North Carolina, Carolina is a, a truck driver. Mm. And he. Mm. he he's home maybe like twice a month because he Mm. has to he just has to be on the road we should have him on the show i know i mean i lost touch with him but i would love to have him tell his his experience and there are there are haitian immigrants as well Mm. and he was making i think he was making barely like a thousand dollars per month and he has he has to support his family because he has two sons and they were living in uh an apartment compound that's a little nicer because he wants to provide so he has to just be out constantly um and i know that there are a lot of of truck drivers that are doing the same here as well i don't personally know them but i know that the 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 gas price like the diesel price is mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. a little higher mm-hmm. but i just for some reason for some magical reason i just like okay i read news about the gas price being you know a little high a little low doesn't seem like it's cutting anybody's life livelihood um off because of that
0: well yeah here in in china it doesn't seem to be a, a problem I you know a lot of it is that Things can be shipped uh, via high speed train, so like only like. Vegetables and stuff are really shipped in from the countryside, and most of those go to the city nearest them. So logistics are not the same as they are in the United States, where like you buy pineapples that were like grown in Guatemala and then they were shipped to some place in like Bangladesh to be canned and then shipped to the United like your local grocer. It's not really the same issue.
1: Yeah, I just feel like logistics because China has so many. China has so many people. There's so much demands for all all kinds of goods. And there's so many p- different places. Some cities, um, I mean, I know this sounds like a sh- we shouldn't explain it, but a lot of people really don't know that there, you know, there are places that are in the mountain at mountainous areas or places on the plateau. There are places that are by the river. So when it comes to geographical locations and conditions it's so different. Mm, mm, and mm. the whole, you know, courier service, logistics service in China, it's been around for, it went through like a booming um, period in the, the, the late, Eighties, nineties, when the you know the public owned system and the private career service were kind of battling, and they came to this super harmonious state where they work with each other
0: mm-hmm. and they
1: complement each other. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that part is just so well covered by that system that's already been in place for the past thirty years. I'm not even you know I just don't feel like it's going to be shaken to affect that it's going to to a place where it's going to affect people that are on the receiving end of that service in a greater scale. So well,
0: I kind of want to tell a story really fast yeah. we are running out of time but um i was on a high-speed rail and i was going through Shandong, uh, which is one of the provinces in china it's a coastal province not too far from beijing it's about halfway between beijing and shanghai and i was uh driving by high speed rail out to the tip of the peninsula and there mm-hmm. was about they were about an hour and a half or two hours traveling at 300 kilometers an hour so we're going really fast like over t- you know 200 like ish miles an hour and I always had a fascination with like uh, domes and like, you know, uh, <laughs> indoor growing facilities. Yeah. This was an hour and a half of looking out the window nonstop. As far as my eyes could see, there were these plastic and glass farm domes everywhere. Every square inch of uh, the countryside was mm. covered in farms that were able to grow things in any season, yeah. whatever kind of thing that you want. So you can grow, <laughs> in, in, depending on how you maintain that particular dome, or that particular, you know, I- indoor farm area, you could grow anything. And it was just, I mean, I can't imagine how men, how much food is grown there, but like, you know, China can source a lot of its own necessary staples. So like most of the stuff that China imports are like a cornmeal and just soybeans, that kind of things to feed yeah. livestock and stuff, but it's capable of producing almost all of the food that it consumes. And there's this idea that has come out in the last few years of dual circulation economy, China wants to export and import. And is the one of the biggest, it is the biggest exporter and one of the biggest importers in the world, but it's also able to consume its own products. So one of the things that has protected China, and one of the reasons it only has 1.6% inflation is because mm. a lot of things are made here and it can, it's capable of taking care of its own needs. Obviously a lot of people want to buy a fancy Mercedes or something. And so, they yeah, do. I mean,
1: I would love one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, nice. So a
0: lot of people do that, but like, you know, China, in terms of like daily necessities, I even heard recently that they're going to start growing or they have started growing uh, coffee in Yunnan. And I'm actually really interested to taste this. I want to have some Yunnan coffee. I
1: mean, if we're going to have a coffee episode, I would love to talk about it. It's, (laughs) and and let me just very, very kindly, quickly correct you a little bit. It's not recently. The Yunnan coffee business has been, it's been there for a long time and recently it kind of gained more um, attraction because there is a short or there is an environmental climate concern from mm. the you know, the other big uh coffee producing countries in the mm. world. Mm. And Yunnan coffee because it's local, it's easily sourceable for it's easily sourced for people that you know need that need coffee beans and their coffee beans are actually really, really good. And mm. Yunnan's also very well known for their mushrooms. I'm sure you've heard. Oh yeah. And they also make really, really good hams and Ch- bacon. Ch- Chinese oh, wow. Chinese hams and bacon. When it comes to food, I have endless uh, knowledge to share. But <laughs> try try the Yunnan beans. If I'm going can. to. I'm
0: absolutely yeah. going to. All right. That is all the time we have. Alex, always a great pleasure to talk with you. And uh, Likewise, Jason. Talk, see you soon or talk to you soon. Talk to you very soon. Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. Oh, yeah.